So someone walks up to you and asks you about this day, the Immaculate Conception. You know, it's, it's for us, it's a, it's a, day, a holy day of obligation, so we have to come to Mass. And, and so sometimes that means telling people, you know, because I, I might be late for school, I might be late for work, I might miss breakfast, you know, whatever it is, I, I, I got to go to Mass. And so it's like, oh, what's that all about? What is the Immaculate Conception? Just think about it. What would you say? I think a lot of people, this might apply to you, it might not apply to you. A lot of people would say, well, it's, it's the gospel passage that we just read. That's, and that's not actually the, the, the Immaculate Conception. This is the Annunciation, when Gabriel comes to Mary to tell her that she's going to conceive. The, the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception is not found in the Bible. This is something that the church teaches that I think, well, the church would say has roots in biblical passages, but there's nothing in the Bible that explicitly states Mary was immaculately conceived. So this, this I think, is a, a, an important thing for us, even just for our own personal understanding. So our first reading was the follow-up after the fall. So when uh, Adam and Eve eat the fruit from this tree that God tells them not to eat from, they commit this sin of rebellion against God. And we find out here that there are consequences to this. You know, the man, he, he, he blames the woman. So there, this relationship with each other is broken. Um, this relationship with God is broken. The woman blames the serpent. So the relationship with the rest of creation is broken. And we know, of course, that, that a further result of this is that our relationship even with ourselves is broken. That we, because of, the, because of sin, we experience decay and corruption in our bodies and in our souls and our minds. So we all inherit what we call the stain of original sin as a result of this, that we're all born into this state of sin, which is we're born separated from God. We're born apart from him. We, we, we are not children of God any longer, but now we are creatures of God who are like his enemies. We have made him our enemy. That's, that's the, the natural course of things. With Mary, we teach that God preserves her from being born into this state of sin. That because God works outside of time, he's, he knows what's going to happen with his son Jesus. Even though Jesus hasn't been born, even though Mary hasn't been conceived yet, he knows what's going to happen with Jesus and all of the graces that are going to flow into the world because of this, because of the crucifixion and the resurrection. So he, because he works outside of time, he takes those graces and he applies them to the soul of Mary when she is conceived in her mother's womb, in St. Anne's womb. So that when she's born, she's not born separated from God, but instead when she's born, she's born like Eve was born into the world, made into the world. That is in a state of holiness, which is a fitting, a worthy fitting place for Jesus to reside in her womb for nine months. So that's what we believe. We believe that God is preventing Mary from being born into the state of sin that we are all born into. That's, that's what we believe the Immaculate Conception is. That's something that's worth celebrating because in a very real way, this is the beginning of our redemption. It's the beginning of God's plan of salvation for the world. What I was thinking about uh, is, is, is this. So the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Mother is God's way of preparing for his son Jesus to come into the world. What does he do when he prepares for Jesus to come into the world? He does something that he doesn't usually do, right? He breaks with the normal course of, of life on earth so that he can prepare the world to receive him. 
And I was thinking about this because what is Advent? Advent is a time for us to prepare for the coming of Jesus into the world a second time. And there's a call for all of us to prepare ourselves for that. There's a call for all of us to get ready for the second coming of Jesus. Which means what? It means we should probably be doing things that we wouldn't usually do. And God is modeling this for us, actually. This is like the incredible thing that, that when we prepare ourselves for the coming of Jesus into the world, we're, we're imitating, we're sharing more fully in the life of God. It's like this incredible thing. And, and what, what a better uh, thing for us to see is, is to see this play itself out in the Immaculate Conception. And then that leads into our gospel passage where Mary, now because she's united with God, it, it shows that she's surrendered to the will of God so that whatever God says, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be, may it be done to me according to your word. Like what a, what a beautiful witness Mary is of, of being born into this state of holiness. And now because of that, She's fully surrendered to the will of God rather than opposed to the will of God, which we tend to be. And the gift is that we've been baptized into Christ, right? So we've, we've received the graces that Mary received when she was conceived. We've received the graces when we were baptized. So now you and I, when we prepare ourselves, we too can be united with God. This, this day is, yes, it's a day for us to honor Mary, absolutely, above all. But it's also a day for us to rejoice that God has invited us into this incredible mystery. And it's, it's a great day for us to recognize our own dignity as being baptized members of the body of Christ and then to live out of that place of dignity.